Hi, everyone. This is Chelsea Robson. As I have finished editing this episode, I want to let you guys know that it was recorded before the COVID-19 or coronavirus turned into a pandemic. And we just want to send out our love and prayers to everyone through this difficult time. It is affecting everyone in some way. Lots of people are without work. Lots of people are overworked. And it just isn't an easy time. But I love seeing how everyone is looking out for someone else through their sacrifices. I also want to let you know that we have extended the deadline for our Instagram giveaway. You could win a $50 Amazon gift card if you live in the U.S. or Canada just by following our Instagram and leaving a review of the podcast on the platform of your choice. All of the official rules are on the Instagram giveaway post, so make sure to go check that out. At the time of this release, there aren't that many entries, so the odds are still pretty good. And hey, 50 bucks ain't bad. <laughs> Once again, all our love and prayers to everyone around the world during this difficult time. But especially in times like these, we really need some levity. So I am really glad that we are back and we are able to bring some of that your way. Enjoy the episode, everyone. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 177, Lady and the Tramp. What a whiz kill. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling, and I'm here with my dashing Snob Hill co-hosts, Chelsea Robson and Mason Smith. Thank you, darling. Howdy. I am much obliged. For those of you who are new to our show, the Animation Ags podcast is a podcast all about the wide world of animation. Each episode, we review a different animated film, past or present, and we have a grand old time doing it. We are actually bringing back the podcast after a hiatus of a few years, and we are back in action, and we are excited to get going. Today's episode, we are going to be reviewing a Disney classic 1955 Lady and the Tramp. Not the new one, so if you're looking for a review of the new one, that will be coming in future episodes, but we decided we wanted to review the source material first before we hopped into ah. that one at a later time. So, yes, yes. How are you guys? Will we, though? Will we review it? <laughs> will we, though? <laughs> oh, I even just, I even just looking at it, I'm like, I'm not even that interested in it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so can, let's, let's, just let's jump start into, this off with a positive let's, note. Let's jump into a mini couch discussion, a mini nerdy couch discussion. So okay. this is something we do on the show, which this is totally impromptu. We do not have this on our document, but I feel like we we need to talk about this, guys. We need to get we, in the room. we need, need to talk. We need to get our feelings out. We have this segment called nerdy couch discussion. <laughs> the feelings couch, where we get on the couch. Uh, in this case, it'll be like more of a therapist couch instead of a cool, you know, hangout <laughs> couch. We need to talk, okay? And we talk about just random nerdy things. And apparently, our impromptu nerdy couch discussion for the day is, how do you feel about the Disney live-action sequels? Because a few years ago, and when we were doing the podcast, there were all of these sequels, or not sequels, excuse me, live-action remakes. The remakes. These were being announced, but they hadn't actually come to fruition. And now we are seeing this, like tsunami of live action remakes hit so let's sit down and let's talk about it get your feelings out so everyone knows <laughs> don't Aaron. do not conceal don't feel 
just feel. <laughs> <laughs> Do not conceal and feel. Um, I I went and saw Jungle Book, and that was the last one I saw. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that, like, once I learned that they were doing The Lion King, which is my all-time favorite animated film ever, I it's just like, okay, like... Why would I watch something? Why would I watch The Lion King, which was so, which had such like compelling characters and well animated characters, and replace them with like National Geographic footage? Basically, I mean, no disrespect for like to like the technical artists and technical directors that who made you know the visual effects possible, but like they just don't emote or they don't, you know, they don't have that spark of life that like Timon and yeah. Pumbaa, for example, had when I when I watched the Bowling for Vultures scene. Uh, in the remake versus the bowling for Vol- bowling for buzzards uh, scene from the original, it's like man, it's, it's it, there's no question what movie I would rather watch. And so I um I am on principle I'm opposed to seeing any of these films, and I pretty much refuse to see any anymore after Jungle Book. Jungle Book was fine. Christopher Walken could have been thrown out, but um I liked it. But I'm not interested in seeing any other ones. Sorry. Like Pete's Dragon? Pete's Dragon, really. Pete's Dragon. Sorry. That, it happened. Yeah, that's true. I am right around that same line with you, Mason. The thing is, the things that I really disliked about some of these remakes is the fact that you really took all the light life out of all of these characters. And what we really like about the illusion of life, the illusion of you know anthropomorphic characters, is the fact that we're we are kind of uh, projecting our own society on these animals so that we don't have to actually be offended because it's an animal. Steve Hickner did this in his book, I remember. And he said, like, why did he have a cat and a dog in his book? Well, this is because, because you don't get offended (laughs) when somebody does something that's like, oh, well, it's just the cat, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not actually drawing a a picture of me or anything. but they were able to project all of these societal things on animate, like animate things, but still like not close enough that we are able to, um, that we take any, any negative things from them. I disliked so much. I was about to say, hate, and I kind of really, I, uh, it's right there, right on the border wow. is the fact that a lot of these remakes, they have, they just say, I want to do this shot for shot. It's exactly the same. When you look at, especially like Beauty and the Beast, my main mm. issue with Beauty and the Beast was that they tried to do that and they just took the life out of all of the actors that are in there playing. Because now they not only have to, like, they're just trying to mimic something else instead of bringing something new to the stage. I loved in Jungle Book, they were able to do that one well. I I really really enjoyed Cinderella. I felt because both of those, they like went back to the originals and not, they had like moments of bringing back the animated film, but they, in the source, they went back to the original source material to make that film. So it wasn't exactly the same as, or they weren't trying to, they were remaking the story, not Disney's version of the story. Yes. Mm -hmm. They did a Cinderella. So anyway, having just now watched lady and the tramp and being just so just, it's just charming, just so beautiful. And then looking at, like, right after it, like, pops up, do you want to watch the live action? Hey, hey. And I'm like, hey, I just hey. look at these dogs. <laughs> it really says that, man. No. You, you got a cool Disney Plus, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it has just these pictures of these dogs that just look kind of like stale. And I like, no, stale. actually, I That's don't. That's a great way to mm-hmm. describe it. Stale. And yeah, why, um, why do they think they can fool us with CG dogs? Did y'all, did y'all see how much money Call the Wild made? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We were watching the, we were watching the freaking trailer for that and we were like, this is really sad that they think that they can fool us with a CG dog. Like, we like dogs as a society. Like, we take pictures of dogs, not fake dogs homeward bound probably did better well and there's so, the there's so of course much amazing it did better because they were things real. that you can train a dog to do i mean dog is one of the only animals that can like pull off a lead role in a film yeah there's been plenty of times it's been yeah. done Airbud, come on <laughs> and all of its sequels where, where are my Airbud fans at y'all yeah Airbud 2 babe. golden retriever or golden receiver yes, babe. oh yeah babe well okay. that was a lot I of an- that was a lot of animatronics also but yeah. but they but in between that, they had actually live, and I'm sure they had live performances for some of the scenes with this dog. But the the ones where he's just sitting and looking at at Harrison Ford's character and just like emoting and stuff, it's like it is so freaking obvious that this is just a. Anyway, mm-hmm. Call of the Wild is not even Disney, I don't think. No. I under- and no, it's uh, not. No, so it we're was. not going to was- talk about it. 20th century so technically, technically disney. Oh, yeah, disney owns everything yeah <laughs> disney by marriage right well yeah i'm technically owned by disney <laughs> i'm chomping at the bit to go guys chelsea would go, you like to finish go. your thought well i mean just talking about call of the wild oh. it's just like that one i know that they like abuse the dog like they hit the dog and that wouldn't go over well but oh well yeah, yeah get, get cgi for that sure yeah, right. Okay. So it's actually interesting because if you look at the list of live action remakes, I'll include the link to Wikipedia that is a great source for all things lists and so forth. But this isn't oh, yes. a new phenomenon. In the 90s, they did attempt to do this a few times. You know, they brought The Jungle Book, which was not nece- that was, yes. necessarily a remake because it's like Chelsea says, it's re- it's ca- actually called Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book. That's the title. It's not just The Jungle Book, right? So like Disney's version of The Jungle Book is, you know, with the singing animals and uh, these anthropomorphized characters. And that version of The Jungle Book is just takes it to- down a totally different lane, right? Then they have 101 Dalmatians in 1996, 102 Dalmatians in 2000. And they just had those three quote remakes that they did and dappled in the waters and obviously 100 Dalmatians was successful because it had the sequel that they brought into it and you know that started this off I would say I'd say that is really the one but then it takes them about 10 years before they really start kicking into gear they they dapple in Alice in Wonderland in 2010 which We'll talk about that on another podcast episode. And then (laughs) this really starts kicking off with Maleficent, which isn't a remake, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of a remake. It's a different version of the story. So we have Maleficent, then Cinderella, Jungle Book, Alice Through the Looking Glass, Beauty and the Beast, Christopher Robin, Dumbo, Aladdin, The Lion King, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Lady and the Tramp. So it's just snowballing. At this point, there were five remakes in 2019 alone. And now we are Uh in 2020 and we're going to be getting Mulan and um I, yeah they just they just really dumped all of these in 2019 which is crazy but i feel like i was kind of hesitant initially when they announced these things you know and then when they just kept announcing and announcing and announcing and announcing and like the joke was like literally every movie is going to get a live action remake at this point mm-hmm. and like that's not even a joke anymore Dumbo. it's just going to happen and 
that really turned me off because it really just felt like a money-making ploy. Like, Hey, we already have these really successful properties. Why don't we just capitalize on that and the fans that are just going (laughs) to show up in droves you can see with lion king it it technically is the number one animated film of all time but disney won't admit that because they're not claiming that's animated i know it's so stupid but it's like really like i and i'll be honest i have not seen so many of these just because i was beauty and the beast really was the one that did it for me because it like chelsea said it was just a rehash line by line almost of the animated version and it lost its life. And I love the word stale. I think that's perfect to describe these. And I, it really turned me off to all these other ones. Um, so I haven't seen Dumbo. I did see Aladdin because it got sent to me. Lion King was sent to me, but I chose not to review it. Didn't see Maleficent mistress of evil (laughs) evil. And I might see lady and the tramp if I'm really bored one day and and like you guys really want us to do it, but I actually heard good things. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's just really frustrating and overwhelming because it just shows a lack of creativity on the studio's part. The studio that had this amazing properties, you know, these animated properties that we are so beloved. And really, let's be real. The reason we started this podcast was because of Disney. Right. We like other animated films, too. But, like, we are Disney fans through and through. And I'd say most people are. Um, so it's just kind of a disappointment to me. And I'm just sad to see how this is kind of the new just the new way for disney we're not going to really invest too much time in new exciting animated or you know live action films but we're just going to rehash our you know library and instead go and buy other people's live action stuff <laughs> exactly we yeah, can't even why, see why would we, they take risks besides business risks <laughs> we can't even vote with our like dollars that. because they are just buying the other properties that we are going to see instead so yeah yeah and, anyway. and this is this is probably for a whole another couch discussion, but this whole idea of um, there's this danger now that Disney will start basically um, strong arming movie theaters to do their film packages like they'll start bundling movies together once they start purchasing all these studios and stuff. And uh, it will incentivize movie theaters to only show Disney properties and yeah. not your more independent mm-hmm. stuff or your non Disney stuff. And there's a lot of. There's a lot of issues I take with that, but we're not quite there yet. But it's on the horizon, folks. Look out for it. It's coming. coming. These people do not have your best interests in mind. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, when Frozen Two came out, it was it was like <laughs> oh, that's right. There's a, a there's a Harkins Twenty Five, and I'm pretty sure about sixteen of those spots were filled with Frozen Two. That's a <laughs> well, lot because the market really wanted that. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I'm pretty sure they decide that, but it's it's akin to that. Like it's like imagine like. Um, Imagine pulling your movie from a theater um, because they won't give you so many screens, something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Or saying, yeah. if you don't show Cruella, we won't give you Mulan. Oh, right. right. Which, you know, let's say they came out around the same time or something like that. It's a, well, fine. We're not going to let you have this X movie. You, you don't get Frozen 2 unless you show Mulan or you show Cruella or whatever. Yeah. Mulan yeah. is a pretty special Disney film for me, so I might actually go see that one, but I probably won't. I will resist as much as possible. No songs, so sorry. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the ones that kind of goes down. I we could categorize these into, again, we we haven't seen them all, but I think that's our own personal like protest that we're doing. But it seems the ones that <laughs> really try to take their own unique spin on it and make it something different and new, either going back to source material or the original storybook, 
those are the ones that are pretty good. Cinderella, for example, you could say Jungle Book for, you know, they, there's a lot of elements that were cut from the Disney version and there's no, for the most part, singing. Um, but Mulan is not going to have songs and there's not going to be Mushu. And so you, people say like, right. well, how can you make Mulan without Mushu? Well, f- wait and see. Um, and then Apparently you can. We will make our call when we do that movie. But I will actually be seeing that one because that's the one that I feel like because they're changing things enough that I feel like, okay. I feel like it's a you, reimagining at that, that point. Yeah, you're putting effort into this to <laughs> create something new, to bring something new to the table. Yeah, okay, Disney, put I some effort into it for once. <laughs> Lion King, come on. Yeah. It's like PG 13, too. Like, they're definitely marketing this as a different. This is not for the kids. This is more for uh, our. I guess age group. Uh, PG thirteen means it's for everyone, but it'll it'll. I think I know what <laughs> wow. you're saying. It's going to have a little more darker, a little more serious, a little more like kind of actiony story. Let's hope something akin to those, um, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There was that whole era in the early two thousands when yeah. we were really fascinated with like mystical kung fu movies and stuff. House of Flying Daggers was my personal favorite. I still love Ooh. it. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm interested. Yeah. yeah, but we want to hear your thoughts on this. So go to the show notes of this episode, rotoscorpus.com slash 176, and sound off in the comments because we want to know, what are your thoughts on the Disney live-action remakes? So with that, I think we have aired the grievances. Everyone knows our feelings and opinions <laughs> on live-action remakes. Good thing we aren't the airing going of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> good thing we aren't reviewing a live action remake right now like we need some distance we need some time to heal before we go into that which Mulan <laughs> might be coming up in the horizon so stay tuned and uh, with that let's go into one of the most beloved I, at least by me Disney films The Lady and the Tramp but first a word from our sponsor And before we get to the review, I wanted to let everybody know about our patron program. This is where you can join Roto Nation. It's an exclusive club of animation addicts just like you. If you are a fan of the podcast and you are just craving so much more content, this is the way to do it. Patrons get exclusive access to things like the episode a day early before everybody else, and it is ad-free, which is pretty cool. And as part of that early episode, you actually get a ton more than our regular episodes. So we have deleted bloopers, deleted conversations, tangents, random stories, conversations of us just shooting the breeze before we go live. All of that we put together at the end of the episode for all of you. This stuff is jam-packed. It's really awesome. And not only that, becoming a patron, you get access to our exclusive Rotonation Facebook community where you get to hang out with the Rotoscopers and fellow animation addicts. It's really fun there. You also get access to our recording doc that we use while we're recording. This is really cool because you get to see what different people were thinking, maybe even things that didn't even make the show. You get to see our thoughts on all of those things. And of course, we have episodes that only the patrons get. These are patron exclusive episodes. These are special live streams that we do or Q&As, reviewing a random non-animated movie or something which we like to call the Roto Rewatch, where we go back and watch a film that we previously already reviewed on the podcast. And those are really fun because we are animation addicts and obsessed. And so even though we reviewed it once, that doesn't mean we're done talking about it. So again, there is so much amazing content that you get access to as a patron of the Animation Addicts podcast podcast. So if you would like to join, be sure to go to rotoscopers.com slash patron to support the show and join today. This Christmas season, Walt Disney Pictures unwraps a very special holiday treat. Lady and the Tramp. She's a lucky little lady who's been catered to, pampered, and indulged. 
He's a wild and carefree rascal, totally independent, always into mischief. She's a little angel. He's full of the devil. But put them together, and it could only lead to one thing. It's love unleashed. But they love him. This is living. Breaks a new heart every day. I gotta get you out. He's a tramp. But I love him. And I wish that I could travel his way. It's coming your way this Christmas. Look who's here. Butcher, he's got a new girlfriend. You're cordially invited to share the magic, the romance, and the adventure of one of animation's most unforgettable tales. Open up your eyes to what a dog's life can really be. Open your heart to Walt Disney's classic, Lady and the Tramp. Yay. This is the night. And we're back. That was such a great 1955. ad. 1955. <laughs> that was a great ad. <laughs> Obsessed. 1955. The month was June. It was the 22nd of June, 1955. That was the release date for Lady and the Tramp. So Walt Disney Productions. But this was the first film shipped under the Buena Vista distribu distribution title. Ooh. So all of those old Disney films that you watch that have the Buena Vista, uh, you know, Insignia at the beginning, this was the beginning of that distribution. Directors were Clyde Geronimi, Wilford Jackson, Hamilton Lusk. And budget was $4 million. Box office made about $187 million. Wow. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make more now that it's on Disney+. Plus. And oh, yeah. uh, at running time, a little over an hour. Uh, this Which one, I appreciate. This one was pitched, I believe, by a story artist, uh, Joe Grant. So mm -hmm. he was a story artist. He came up with a story after basically observing the whole dynamic between the family dog, the the new parents, and the baby. So observing that the family dog kind of got pushed to the side when their baby came, um, they turned that in. Uh, Joe Grant turned this into a series of sketches, which was presented to Disney, and they made a movie out of it. And I I have a dog. We have a dog, mm -hmm. and oh, I suppose I should announce this already. We're we're pregnant. We're gonna have a baby Woo! in May. Oh, yeah, yay. we're gonna have our first baby. Wee, wee, wee. I know. I'm Get getting ready, ready so for this it. This is this is happening for reals in your house. It's actually happening. So we're buying hardware and getting things ready and uh, stuff and emotionally preparing ourselves. This is a huge deal for us. And uh, we also have a dog, so we will we will probably be watching Lady and the Tramp for emotional training on how to support our dog during this <laughs> transitioning period. Uh, and as someone who had a dog first and then had a baby, this is so true to life. I cannot tell you. Like, we will get to the like even the point where the dog sleeping in the bed, whining in the kennel the very first day, not wanting to be alone in their place that they're supposed to be. I mean, that happened to me. It, it did. And my husband Poor could, Jimmy. could not handle, you know, annoying noises or repetitive sounds. And so within 20 minutes, he's like, go get the dog. And so, yeah. And then forever, <laughs> the dog did not sleep in our bed, but sleeps under our bed. And so, you know, it's just so funny because if you don't have kids, your pets are really your babies until you have your babies and the pets become Then you pets. have real babies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, Wow, this story has a lot of meaning. If you have a dog, even more meaning after you have had a dog and then have kids, um, which I appreciate because it kind of has. It, there's this, it, 
this film is very multifaceted in the different themes and yes. things that it explores. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the progression of life and the progression of a family, a, you know, a family unit and just the realities that happen. There's also class structure that's that is very much oh, it explores the class yes, structure. literally in the name lady and the tramp i mean these two characters their names represent their their class structure where she is in a world a where debutante. tramps cannot exist with ladies <laughs> you remember <laughs> yeah, that guy give us oh yeah yeah give One us the tramp. movie trailer voice guy version of this in a world where ladies rule <laughs> i'm just kidding what a great <laughs> okay. movie uh one tramp <laughs> One tramp transcends societal class structures <laughs> to show them what he's worth. And he can read. None of the other dogs can read, and no one really talks That's right, about right? that. <laughs> he's a genius dog. There's signs up all over. No, it's like the secret of Nim. Nim? Oh, my gosh. That was great. I, I, I recently read a... Um, I recently read a research paper that was sponsored by Nim, and I was like, ah, Nim, <laughs> reveal <laughs> your secret. Um, so anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so it really doesn't have a centralized story, and I don't know if Lady and the Tramp would have worked if it had a centralized story. So I kind of like that it's kind of a series of vignettes with like this overarching love story between Lady and Tramp, and then there's also the family stuff. There's also a rat involved. Mm-hmm. There's also a psychotic policeman involved. <laughs> um, pull the knife on me, will you? Uh, <laughs> can't you read? Aww. Yes, several languages. <laughs> ah, wise guy, eh? Why, why is there a Scottish constable in Main Street, USA? Like, how did he get out there? Here's the thing. There is a lot of representation in this movie from all of the places. <laughs> Italy. So where is this... <laughs> Where does Scotland. this movie even take place? I th- I think it could be either San Francisco or um or New York, but old timey. It's just supposed to be general like Main Street USA that you know inspired the Disney parks. You know, um, Marceline, Missouri, which was Walt Disney's hometown. You know, uh, it's it's kind of inspired by just this. I'd say Middle America. You know, just homey missouri kansas city sort of place where it's just full of home quaint and home yeah <laughs> full yeah, yeah very so very beautiful homes it's, it's supposed to be set in 1909 and yeah which is why we see horse and buggies okay real quick how many how many disney animated films can we count that take place in the united states so here's one i believe the first rescuers takes place in the united mm-hmm. states i would assume wreck it ralph yeah. Oh, well, let's let's okay. Pre oh. pre tangled pre tangled. Okay, let's okay. do that. Well, um, on pre uh, not- like uh, you know, Princess and the Frog being the last one, so that also counts as being in the U.S. Brother Bear one and two would <laughs> no. That's Canada. Oh, is it? Is Pocahontas it? then? Well, For how can sure. you have the Canadian yeah. moose without it being in Canada? Oh. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. Um, Balto, because it's well, it's not Disney, not but Disney. it's technically Alaska, which is still America. Uh, Hawaii, Lilo and Stitch. Oh, that's right, that is America. Uh, Home on the Range. Ah, yes, Tex Tejas, little patch of heaven way out west. Um, Bolt was in California. Bolt. Oh, Bolt definitely in California. Hundred One Dalmatians is not; it's in the UK, Scotland yeah. Yard. I'm, ass- I'm assuming Meet the Robinsons is, takes place in the U.S. because they refer to North Montana. <laughs> oh, I love it. A, a world where Canada gets absorbed into North Montana. Oh, so righteous. Anyway. 
uh, Princess <laughs> and the else? Frog. What else? Oh, you said pre- uh, that's right, Princess and the Frog. frog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some what, good else? what else? Yeah, there's not a lot. And I believe the Great Mouse Detective takes place in London. Yeah. Yes, it does because they're at Big Baker ben. Street. That's oh, right. Yes, Big Ben. Unless that gets teleported here somehow. <laughs> hey, Carmen San Diego. She works wonders. A goofy movie, but that's not one of the canon. Mm, yeah. All tuned Disney, poor guys. <laughs> uh, Cars, I'm assuming, takes place in in yes, the U.S. Route 66. Yeah, The Incredibles probably. But anyway, there's a lot of them, but there's very there's there's only a handful. Mm-hmm. So out of the Disney Renaissance and and onward into the post Renaissance and up until Princess and the Frog is one of the few that actually took place. Dumbo in the Dumbo, the great yeah. United States of America. Oh yeah, Dumbo. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just if you if I randomly shout out a, a Disney movie name in the podcast, <laughs> it's because I remembered another 30, one. <laughs> Thirty minutes from now, we're just gonna be like Dumbo. <laughs> all right, all right. So anyway, just a little tidbit. Uh, you don't see you don't see these American Disney films that often. Mm-hmm. They're mostly in either yeah. a far off land or some other country. And yet we are imposing our own like our own selves. Oh, yeah, American voice actors <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's grand. <laughs> also, another thing with this film is it has a very lengthy credit sequence which we don't see and then at the very end it wraps up it says the end and boom you're done i'm like oh uh, excuse me and i gotta turn off the tv and get moving i'm used to having like my credits at the end to kind of you know decompress but you got quite the long stretch here um which i appreciate that they moved over to that where we get the post-credit scene because i'm like Mm. okay come on come on come on like i appreciate everyone who made this i appreciate everyone who made this movie but let's get to it so Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It's Christmas. And <laughs> yeah, she gets yeah. a puppy. Puppy. Yay. Name another Disney Pixar movie where they get a puppy for Christmas. Toy Story. Woo. Yes. Okay. It's a puppy. <gasps> what a great ending to a film. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting how this movie actually takes place over a two-year time span. Yes. Mm-hmm. It does, huh? Yeah. She gets to be six months yep. and then... And then pregnant. And then April is when she is born. And then Christmas, he's like toddler. Yep. Tight. So two-year time period. And we get to see really the change in Lady and this family, which that's that's the part that I love the most. I just love seeing the progression of the family over time, over these different months. And I think that's what's really quaint and fun about this film is that it really doesn't have an agenda and it's not necessarily pushing to really like get anywhere it just allows mm-hmm. it just unfolds really naturally as we get to know the characters you know we see that she's a puppy and then she's just this beloved lady and then we hmm. are you know a few months later she's 6 months and she gets her license and she, we meet her friends which you know are Jesse Trusty and Jock and ah, I, just, trusty and I Jock. love it i love just the slow progression mm-hmm. of this film that just it, it takes it time to breathe yeah yeah and so it's not it's it, Pretty pretty close. Pretty quickly, Lady establishes herself as the baby, basically, when they get the puppy. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, I we had a similar experience with our our current dog, Joan, short for Joan Jet. Uh, she cried Aww. all night when we first got her. Yeah, have y'all ever had to sleep with ear fo- earplugs on? Because that's what we had to do Ooh. for a while. <laughs> but um, just recently, so just recently at New Year's, we were like, "Eh, we're at a hotel. Who cares if she pees on the bed?" <laughs> Uh, we'll have her up on the bed with us. No, who cares, really? And um, we had her up on the bed, and she was great that night. And so at that point, we realized that we could have her up on the bed, and we we really haven't, ha- yeah, we haven't had any accidents after that. 
because she respects that the bed is like you know she had to fight for it like she had to work towards being on top <laughs> of the bed and now um she's pretty good and um i i don't know i the feeling of reaching over in the middle of the night and and petting a little a little soft warm puppy puppy dog um is is a great feeling and we haven't had it's that for nice. a long time after our last dog yeah <laughs> and boy does she wake us up at, at when it's time to get up she is like all right it's time to go it's time to get up everybody <laughs> oh can't we teach lady about sundays <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh man so my dog also sleeps on my bed, but she's quite—I uh, would say quite a bit larger than yours, most likely. She's like seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a German short-haired pointer, German short-haired pointer, and she is a cuddler. So when she's on the bed, she's like almost pushing me off the bed. So I'm like, hmm. There's parts of this that I do not agree with, but at the other side, I'm like, oh, it's my baby. Because yeah, I'm at the stage where she is my baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get ready. She's going to be pushed aside. <laughs> could this could this be the um could this be the the um the Disney animated uh version of Toy Story where basically she was living the life things were just the way they should be and then uh she has the baby and and you know strange things are happening um mm-hmm. after that and uh lady is not really prepared for that because she's kind of got she's not prepared for a lot of the changes that happened to her mostly meeting the tramp mm-hmm. uh, because she is a lady yeah so she's a lady she's like literally embodies the word she's very proper she's a debutante she's park avenue princess herself as she's called when she goes to the pound and She's also very naive, and I think that's because she's been very sheltered and she lives this high life, you know, where she, I'm very surprised in a way, like, you know, you think she would just stay within the city gate, the palace gates of her little mini mansion over there, but she's allowed to pretty much roam free, which doesn't seem proper for these sorts of neighborhoods, but yeah, she just wanders right over to her pals and, um you know chats with them and they, they you know later well, on she has film, her boundaries that are just very clearly defined and yeah. she has her own little world yeah she has her own to be fair it's the other dogs that are coming to her rather than she going to yeah, them that's true. oh yeah jock that's and true. trusty they come over no but they no no they go over to her they well we don't need to argue about this but <laughs> there's there's greater things to talk <laughs> that's about that's it back on the couch <laughs> <laughs> My, yeah, when we were at our old house, we had these two dogs that lived pretty close to us and we didn't really have fences or anything. And so, uh, every day it was like watching little kids come over and (laughs) saying, Hey, can Montana come out and play? Like they had these two dogs, like one was, his name was Ginger and she would just come out and just like stare at the back door. And then you had socks and anytime Montana would see either of these two dogs, she would be like, Oh, my friends are here. Bye. And we're just like. (laughs) peace out and run and they would like go off and have an adventure and like all right see you later (laughs) and she'd come back later dogs do have friends too they have friends and i love i love jock and trusty i think they're so fun oh they're such a a lenny lenny and george aren't they yes they're They're very much your classic tall guy short guy 
you know, that we see in animation oh so much. And Jock, I love his very introduction where he's singing that little song. Um, it's like a Scottish kind of folk tune in the bonny, bonny banks of the backyard. Ah, isn't that sight? Yeah. And he looks at his his pile of bones, which we all know dogs that do that. You give them a bone and you're like so excited to be this amazing, you know, owner. And they go and hide it somewhere and you're like, jeez, oh, well, can you just eat that's the where, bone, that's okay? That's value their objects. <laughs> ah, it's good. It's good times. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I think it's a spinoff of Loch Lomond, which is an old Scottish folk tune. Mm -hmm. And then there's Trusty as your old bloodhound. And Aww. he used to run around with his grandpa, Old Reliable. Don't reckon I ever mentioned Old Reliable. Oh, I bet you haven't. <laughs> That's right. You have, buddy. You have. I like how Jacques is like, he's like, the very first thing that he notices is like, ooh, it looks very nice. It must be very expensive. <laughs> like, yeah, he's prepping proper notice. himself. Yeah, he's the rich upper crust. <laughs> yes, totally is. So Jacques and Trusty represent this like world of order and reliability and mm -hmm. and like constants that that lady has grown to love. And then in comes the from from out of the sky like a bomb comes some new popular rocket. Yeah, mongrel. <laughs> yeah, mongrel. That's right. <laughs> and Trap is totally that guy who gives everybody he meets he a is. nickname. It's like a pigeon. He's such a bro. Yes, he is. Oh, he's a bro, but he's he's so <laughs> he's such a bro. He's such a radical thinker, though. He's very progressive for his time. Like he, uh, there was supposed to be this deleted scene where he like fantasizes about a world where dogs are in charge and they and they boss the humans around there nice. that was apparently a deleted scene so he's kind of this like social revolutionary but they kind of played that huh. down in the in the final version <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he's the, he's that very suave debonair sort of guy who just can like talk his way street through rat. anything yeah he's very street smart and he's savvy and no matter we all know these people where they're just so charming that they really do captivate yeah. most everyone they meet you know there are the few skeptics out there the jocks and trustees who just you know can sniff <laughs> one of these guys a mile away but as far as ladies <laughs> she's all for it yeah he is he is smart he is pretty resourceful how does he end i'm trying to think how he ends up there snob hill something's happening he wakes oh. up i love the scene i love the scene of him waking up and just like his morning routine like he wakes up he's like ah, i'm just stretch. gonna go mess with some people yeah <laughs> you know it's like what am i gonna have for breakfast and then he has his little shower he's like no i don't want pastries today i don't want this i don't want that and then but how does he end up there well because he is trying to get the other dogs well he sees the sign and he reads the sign and he says guys there's signs up everywhere i'm like how how do you read? <laughs> it's it's Nim. It's yes. Nim. <laughs> anyway, so he he gets Peg and uh, the other dog, Bulldog, out. Oh, of Oh yes, 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 yeah. And then that dog catcher chases him into Snob mm -hmm. Hill. And at that point in time, where he's like, he's like, look at this, and a fence around every tree, which always made me re remember. Uh, we had this. So my family owned a Western dinner theater in Arizona Yeehaw. and we had Epic. all these cactus up at the beginning. It was beautiful. And, you know, in Arizona, our, we have a state cactus. We are the only state in the nation <laughs> that has a state cactus. But, Way to go. You know, we had to make sure that the saguaro cactus wouldn't get cut down. And so they're there. Anyway. We had several of these sororos up at the very front. And people who are not from here have never seen these things. And they're like, oh, my goodness. This is what is only in the movies. Let's take a picture. Yes, they're very regional. Yeah. Let's take a picture right next to it. 
So this guy goes over. He's definitely a foreigner from somewhere. I don't know. Just not from <laughs> oh, here. Oh, he ain't no. from around here. <laughs> he ain't from around these parts. He goes up and he like leans against the cactus to take a picture with it. Well, can't you do that? He then, no, so you, can't you touch should them. not. You should not ever touch a cactus because if you have, <laughs> really? they have these like spikes that come out. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he leans up against it. He gets all these spikes in his hand. Now he has got to go to the hospital. And now he is trying to sue us for not having fences around our cactus. Hold on a second. <laughs> yes. He touched a cactus, yes. got cacti He got stuck. And now he wants to sue y'all because y'all happen to have a cactus whose purpose it is to, is to stick people that touch it. On the fence. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can understand, like, yeah, and- a dog attack or something, but a cactus attack? Yeah. That's going to be a hard sell in the state of Arizona. <laughs> that is on you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so a fence around every tree. It just seems superfluous. A fence around which- every cactus. She. <laughs> I need to make a redneck version of this. <laughs> Ranch dogs. Yes. <laughs> Hank the cow dog. They're making an animated movie for Hank the cow dog. That's a Texas right, thing. there you go. Oh boy! So he so he wants to kind of set up an operation here. He wants to, or he just wants to kind of poke around and see what he can see. He's just poking around well, and just meeting. Yeah, the, it's interesting. It's, it, he he talks about when he's later with Lady. He's like, "Look, there's a whole world out here that we can explore. Just two dogs." But then it kind of gives the impression that he hasn't really been to this side of town ever because he's right. He's enjoying it. And well, he's he probably gets chased around he's, by the HOA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's marking his. He, he, that's why. That's why he doesn't appreciate the fence around every tree because he can't really conveniently mark his territory if you know what i'm saying ah. mm-hmm. so it's a real buzz kill for the tramp <laughs> i would say whiz kill but oh. yeah <laughs> he went there but he he leaves he these words when he learns about the baby when the baby moves in the dog moves out mm-hmm. I love that scene where he does, where it, it transforms. He really paints the picture of what's to happen because, you know, she's all bummed out because something's happening and she's not really sure what's up. And he knows the birds and the bees. And so he tells them. And I just love the scene where she's kind of transformed into what life will be. You know, oh, those nice, juicy cuts of steak. Forget it. Leftover baby food. Leftover baby. <laughs> you know, and it, it's all over her mouth and oh, you know, yeah. leaky doghouse. And she, they do not appreciate this because the older guys, they probably know that, yeah, this is probably going to happen, but this is really rocking her world because she's like an only child at this point and someone's coming You're in. You're upsetting the lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you know what's the funniest part is when I first turned this movie on, Marissa is like, Marissa is my sister. She has Down syndrome and she watches a lot of movies and knows a lot of them. And she looks at me and she's like, ah, yes. When the baby moves in, the dog moves out. (laughs) She knows. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. It was still like 20 minutes before we got to that part, but she knew. That's the moral of the story, guys. We can just leave right now. That's the whole point. That's all you need to know. My So my favorite quote of the film happens to be during the pregnancy phase when um, he goes, watermelon. In January, yeah, and get me some chop suey too. Yeah. <laughs> I can only I can only count. Uh, yeah. yeah, some chop suey <laughs> too. Are one. you experiencing this, Mason? No, um, actually, oh. we've only had one. There, there's some times when, um, when Shanna looks at me and he's like, "I need Mexican food <laughs> right now," but that, that's I don't think that's a craving. That's just like when you live in Texas. That's just right. like a, an acquired taste. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but there's only been one like one time when she was like, "You know, what? I really want this food for some reason." So we we'll go out to H E B and we get some. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the most part, it hasn't really 
hasn't really been yeah, how they depict it. I feel like it. that's really overblown because I'm the same way. Like, I never had these bizarre cravings. It happens. So, it yeah. happens. It definitely happens. Yeah. She wanted a cowboy caviar once. Do y'all know what oh, that is? Oh, that is so good. I want yeah, some Yeah, cowboy now caviar. Too. I do not. Oh, explain what cowboy caviar is to the uninitiated. Uh, it's like, it's like mm, a please. dip. Uh, it's got like corn. It's got like chili peppers in it. Uh, sometimes they put bacon in it. It's like a salsa. It's like a corn salsa. It's like a pico. It's um, not okay. liquidy. Yeah, it's like a pico. A, yeah. You dip your chip in it okay. and it's just like heaven. Oh, man. I kind of want some now. We got some from Trader Joe's the other day. <laughs> This podcast brought I to you by Trader Joe's Cowboy Caviar. <laughs> I wish. Next episode. So weird guys. cravings, but I really like the watermelon in January. Yeah, and get me some chop suey too. My next pregnancy, I'm going to eat that. I'm going to make Jared request that. Cowboy he, caviar? He, no, no, no. Watermelon in January. Watermelon, watermelon in January. And, and chop suey. Cav- and, no, yeah, and chop suey. Oh, I'm sure your big Eddie will really appreciate it. Because <laughs> he's going to have no idea what the reference is, but I'm just going <laughs> to kick and giggle. <laughs> That it's happening. And I'll a good husband. He'll just do guys. it. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, the baby shower always made me a little uncomfortable because the 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 juxtaposition between how the men how the women are treating the occasion versus how the men treat the occasion. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. the men are like giving giving uh, father to be a really hard time and stuff, and ladies just like I'm out of here. <laughs> Never seen you look worse. That line always stuck with me. I'm like, man, what what? Why are they acting so weird? <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, oh, Dr. Joseph hasn't lost a father yet. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's right. You know, it's kind of like, what is this? It's kind of awkward because men at baby showers nowadays really isn't a thing. Um, Or at least having a men invited to the baby shower. It seems like now it's just like the the ladies get together. They have their party. They do their thing. They get the clothes. They this ooh is and their ah. thing. Childbirth is their thing. Back away, man. <laughs> but just it's always kidding. awkward it if you've been to a baby shower when like the husband shows up and like it's so stupid because it's his baby too like technically he should be there oh, absolutely these are all presents that ultimately will benefit him and the family so why shouldn't he be there but it's kind of like you know the, the guy walks in and all the girls heads turn like man in the forest what are you doing there man man cub <laughs> they all turn into colonel hothy <laughs> preposterous yes. a man in all ranks <laughs> dusty muzzle but uh i think it maybe it's the stigma that men aren't interested in going to the baby shower and so this is how they push back against that you know this is our territory but i i don't know i i plan on going to mine i made a cameo at my at um at shanna's bridal shower i acted like i was a delivery boy bringing flowers oh and uh, everybody thought it was hilarious that is cute um but anyway well are you gonna have your own man baby shower where you smoke cigars and just talk about (laughs) how life's gonna end no because when we uh, we went on that cruise we didn't get any cigars and so that's not gonna happen yes but uh but yeah uh i don't have any friends so probably not yeah i'll see Ah. what some of my phd cohorts (laughs) want to do but i don't think there's gonna be anything going on there i see well no one to give me a hard time i'm just going in completely unprepared and blind just show up to the baby shower and make sure to record the dog and see how the dog feels about this so that's the most yeah. important part. oh right you need then you can release your own lady in the tramp in real life you know lady in the tramp irl parentheses real parentheses not fake i'll put that on youtube <laughs> You can stream it on Twitch. I'm sure it'll go over real well. Hey, what's up, bros? It's your boy, Mason. I'm just streaming my bra- my baby shower. What's up? 
Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Also hit that bell so that you never miss out on my baby shower updates. Yeah, I'm down. I subscribe. Oh, amazing. Twitch. So at this point in time where she's where she's actually in yes. labor, and so uh, Jim Deere comes down and he's on the phone with Aunt Sarah, and I'm wondering who is she related mm-hmm. to? Aunt Sarah. Oh, who's gonna claim yes. her? <laughs> like there's it goes back and forth to where i'm like are you jim Deere's sister or are you sarah's sister i don't know oh, darling yeah. who, or darling yeah yeah who do we blame what side of the family do we blame for aunt sarah because it's always him talking to her yeah yeah well, be, well the, the mom just had a baby so it's not like she could I right mean, she, you can but even but... like later on bye old girl like he talks to her so I don't know. Like, she really doesn't pay her much attention. So I was hmm. thinking that's probably his. Maybe there's some I sort like of Disney theory. theorist, YouTube, or some sort of you know, Reddit we if, can get on and if be like, it's who not, is Aunt Sarah related to? If it's not, I can create it. And I will create quite the story, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent. Please do. Because I'm sure people are really going crazy Googling this. Who is Sarah's? <laughs> who is she related to? Who is Aunt Sarah? <laughs> well, anyways. There we go. We solved the mystery. We think it's Jim Deere's yeah. sister. <laughs> yeah, but the most important thing is that with Aunt Sarah comes, I, in my opinion, some of the most hated characters in all of Disney, <laughs> which are the freaking cats, man. So, yes. uh, hold on. P- hold movie. on. Can we go back this real fast? Because this is... She doesn't sing Rockabye Baby. Okay. She sings La La Lou. No, no, no. That's the mom. The mom sings La La Lou, but then right. Okay, introduce okay, so this, introduce I, the topic. Morgan's <laughs> Morgan's looking at something on our document. So I said that there was a point in time where Aunt Sarah comes in. It was right after, you know, Jim Deere and Darling have left. Jim Deere and Darling Darling has been up there and she's singing La La Lou, Little Star Sweeper. And then the they leave and a lady goes up to the room and is just like, oh, yay, I'm here. And then Aunt Sarah's like, how dare you, you mongrel, get out of here, <laughs> you, you terrible fiend thing. And you, you mean thing. <laughs> she is the Prince John of, of humans and Disney's. She would get along so well with him. Oh, I ship them. She would. <laughs> Aunt Sarah them. and Prince John. So- Stop it, you mean thing. <laughs> so she as she kicks lady out lady's like she looks behind her because aunt sarah starts singing rock of my baby like really terribly oh uh-huh. and lady looks behind her and just gives her this like Shit. ew look uh-huh. like oh what are you doing but what was funny is i had never seen this little snippet because i i'm pretty sure that the the you know this movie was in the disney vault gross rest rest in peace (laughs) bad memories of the disney vault huh yes very bad but we had a version of the movie that was recorded from tv classic so it was just on an old vhs cassette because we were classy like that and this little snippet of her looking behind and giving that face and hearing aunt sarah was never on that and i was like this is a whole new sequence for me. What is going on? <laughs> I had a moment. I was like, what? Nice. <laughs> so anyway, that was my moment. I see. Well, introduce. Is she our villain? She's an antagonist, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, she's responsible for a lot of crap that happens. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, a lot but of good. even worse. 
Yeah, that's true. If okay, she that's would, true. If she, she, she kind of balances this thing out. Maybe she's more of a force to be reckoned with. But those cats, Sai and Am, they have yeah. no redeeming qualities. And <laughs> frankly, they this give cats true. a bad name because cats are misunderstood, in my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer exclusively a cat person. I'm also a dog person. But You had a cat? Oh, I was a cat person forever. I grew oh, up with cats. Yeah. I didn't have a dog. We didn't have a family dog till I was like 13. Oh, I didn't know this about you. There was you. always I cats. need to reconsider. Just kidding. Oh, cats are brilliant. Cats, you have to actually work for their love. And even then, they can reject yeah. you. It's, it's, the, you know, it's the circle of life. Um, it's true. Dogs will love you unconditionally. My name is Doug. I have just met you and I love you. Well, a cat would never think that. They'd be like, oh, so you want to scratch my tummy? Okay, I'll let you. Okay, stop. Okay, scratch my tummy. Okay, stop. <laughs> Ow! What's your problem? <laughs> like, and and now, human, I shall put my butt in your face. <laughs> I've bestowed upon you the highest honor of the cats. <laughs> but anyway, um, so cats cute. are just more complicated. But these little beasts, I hate them. They ruin everything and they're also a little racially insensitive how they're <laughs> how they are portrayed but they are apparently siamese yes. so they are apparently from that region whatever take it or leave it it was the 50s uh this is a passionate subject but they ruin everything this movie has always given me a distrust for this specific breed oh really that's funny because i I always really wanted a Siamese cat simply because of this movie. Interesting. Really? You are a sliver in though. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're beautiful. They are horrible, despicable creatures, but yes. Yeah. Besides Bella Notte, they have the most catchy song in the film, which... Yes. Yeah, I think so. And, and probably one of the most yeah. memorable. Sung by Peggy Lee. She is the voice. She does quite a... She does quite a bunch of voices here. She does Sai, she does Am, she does Darling, and she does Peg, who we will meet wow. soon. That's crazy. Yeah respect That's a lot i mean she and peggy lee wasn't diversity like just some nobody and she was actually pretty famous at this point so they've really got their yeah. use out of her for that contract yeah right. excellent and so because of these stupid cats uh lady actually has to get muzzled because apparently because <laughs> something got knocked over i don't know something happened some incident happened and she got blamed for it because aunt sarah is biased towards cats and she is discriminant towards dogs and um, then we have to solve the muzzle problem, but the tramp has a plan for that. I love, before we go to, you know, when she gets the muzzle, she's like, I want a muzzle. Oh, yes, we got the latest model. Combination leash oh, yes, and yes. muzzle. Also makes chili and fries. <laughs> I just love that guy because he's like yeah, so yeah. into like, ooh, yes, here's a here's a muzzle. He doesn't even, uh, I mean, she's the sweetest dog ever, but nope, nope, gotta jump into the muzzle and, oh, no doggy, no, no. And she just runs away and introduces, you know, the main plot point, which is, okay, we now need to get this muzzle off, which is another scene that I absolutely love. I love the beaver. But the thing is, like, like the tramp saves her from the crazy dogs. So, oh, she runs into crazy dogs and tramp goes into beast mode, man. You see those (laughs) teeth come out and you see that hair raise up. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Yeah, rabies dogs didn't yeah. know what hit him. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to the well, uh, we go to the zoo, there's a right? Lot of these... Yes. They have to figure out a way to get this off, and so he has a buddy, which he knows will do the trick. Yeah. Okay. Well, they start off with the alligator. The alligator, voiced <laughs> by Thurl Ravenscroft, which is great, and he uh, just attempts to eat her, so that doesn't really work <laughs> out. Like, whoa! Never mind. We also get a great laughing hyena. Yes. I hate hyenas. <laughs> 
And before, oh, they they have to sneak in, and they that, then they have that whole thing with the freaking Scottish constable <laughs> who came out of nowhere, and he just. Boy, when they leave that scene, the scene had escalated to where this policeman is basically beating this poor academic to death. I heard there was a, I heard there was a, uh, there was a d- deleted scene where they're in the zoo and they have to turn their heads because they hear a bunch of gunshots in the distance and oh, they just God. go back to what they were looking at. I'm just kidding. Police but, uh, brutality, we get a, yikes! Police brutality in Disney films. Um, we never, hey, they never show what happened. They never, we never find out what happened to that poor professor. Jeez. Oh, can't you read? Yes, several languages. It's <laughs> good. Oh, a wise guy, eh? Pulled a knife on me, eh? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, boy, that guy just has a sh- chip on his shoulder. <laughs> it's because he's been working in Snob Hill and there's not much going on. And so he is just looking for an excuse. Oh, that's true. He's just <laughs> looking for an excuse to just brutalize someone right there on the street. But anyway, they make it into the zoo. I, gotta get my I like the beaver. The beaver is smooth. Beaver's cool. The busy beaver's friend. Oh, I just I just love the sales pitch that they give him, and then at the very end he's like, "Wow, this works swell." <laughs> I love that quote, and I work I say it all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole thing is really interesting because they're really trying to show exactly why Lady would like Tramp, and this is where the personification, where we project our own. Uh, our own situations, I guess, especially the situations of the 1950s onto this as being like the tramp is now rescuing the lady. And so obviously she's like, Oh, I'm falling for you a little bit. So they go into the zoo and now he's like doing his thing. Like, Hey, 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 I can, I can help you. And, uh, but the, what was the funny thing is right when she was, he was like, wait, why is this free? Why is this free? She's like, uh-huh. It's a free sample. Tramp looks at her like, oh, yeah, I got oh, a good one. Nice. <laughs> I like this girl. I trained her well. <laughs> she can play my game. All right. So we She's starting to learn the ways. The Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> you just see so many moments of like, you are such a, a bro. He's such, yeah, a smooth talker. And then somehow this turns into a date. Like that is as how you know that he is smooth when it, this turns from a rescue into, yeah, now I'm taking you on a date and you have no idea. He's got connections. Yeah, yeah. He knows mm-hmm. the Mario brothers. Like they totally make a cameo in this film. <laughs> Mario and Luigi show up. On a Tuesday. I quote that all the time. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> He's like, well, on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you probably want to stick with this one. This one? Oh, uh, uh, he doesn't speak this English one. very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. He gets like super ob- like obnoxiously like, uh, don't like uh, this isn't a- this isn't a thing. <laughs> this isn't a thing. Don't make me feel like I'm I'm on a date. This is not really a date. I don't really love her. But oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we start getting hints that the tramp might have a history with other doggies. <sighs> But um, and then we we launch into Bellinati. I'm pretty sure this was in a Disney sing along cassette tape that I used to watch as a kid because I, oh, sure. I, I I know this one pretty well. I guess the Disney sing along. I love it. Hosted by Jiminy Cricket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did they handle this scene in the live action remake? Did any of us see it? We have not seen it. No. No. Okay. So never mind. Not yet. Sorry. Uh. Well, first off, these guys. I'm assuming there's other customers that need attention, but they just, you nope. know. Nope. <laughs> Dogs go first. It's Jacques. He's here. <laughs> no, they call him Butch. Butch. Oh, it's a Butch. It's, it's a, a girlfriend. Butch. It's a girlfriend. Uh, it's just hilarious because, yeah, they, they, they stop everything. Not only do they give him a super sweet plate of spaghetti and meatballs, but they serenade him 
for quite a long time. These guys aren't right in the head. Yeah, that's true. It's a Tuesday, so hey, maybe it's dead. <laughs> it's book club time. Everyone's at book club. Right. But yeah, why do they just roll the red carpet out for this like street dog and another random dog? They're like, no, we close the store. Everybody out. Everybody yeah. get out. He's smooth, guys. Butch he's is like, here. oh, no, no, no. Not the- I have my <laughs> own entrance. Like He's really, again, playing it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that, like, he's I'm, got I'm charisma. Time. Mm-hmm. Like, people, people know yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Completely. So, name a more iconic scene in Disney history than the spaghetti scene. I mean, oh, this is many. one of the top tens. Like, if you were to do a Disney list, this is up there because it's just the kissing spaghetti scene is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my dad always tells a story about when this first came out, he was like six or seven. And he was such, even like, my dad is just like completely the romantic. Um, <laughs> but like... Even at that age, he said, oh, yeah, I remember when I saw this, I cried because I was just like, I want my my sweetheart. And I'm what? like, oh, dad. <laughs> wow. That's really in tune like, for a six-year-old. Wow, dad. <laughs> yeah, no, right. But he was, he was like, I just remember being very young and watching it and just getting, it was so sweet that moment. And I was like, oh, I want that. I'm like, oh, you're cute, dad. I mean, have anyone, has anyone actually tried this in real life? No, Shanna would never allow such folly. No, actually, yeah, I'm with her. <laughs> well, it's just, it's it's cute as a movie yeah. animated, but as far as real characters, uh, no. not real characters. Have you watched, have you frame by frame watched it? <laughs> I have not. So, Tell me. So when, when the, when she, okay, so they're chewing on it, they're gnawing on it, they're not paying attention, and then they, they accidentally kiss. So she, she lets go of the spaghetti. So there's spaghetti. There's a strand of spaghetti in her mouth, and she lets go of that strand that has not been bitten off yet. And so there's a little bit of it that was in her mouth that goes into Tramp's mouth when he slurps it up. <laughs> that's gross. The like, I know that they're like dogs mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, that's that's mm, uh-uh. <laughs> that's like a half chew. Once food, once it enters the mouth, it should not come out into someone else's mouth. That That is a good rule to live by. I would agree with Confucius that Confucius say. <laughs> yeah. Backwash. Chewing the Dalai gum, Lama said that. Spaghetti. The Dalai Lama yeah. said that. <laughs> Pretty sure Mother Teresa said that. And um, so anyway, that I think that was gross. And plus, it's a little messy with the spaghetti sauce. So no, that would never happen. Shanna would never allow it. Like, <laughs> I don't think I would do it either. It's kind of gross. I mean, who's, who eats spaghetti like that where you're just... I mean, most people... Yeah, I guess you do let it like... From the same yeah, plate? Yeah. You, you don't... Do you cut your spaghetti or do you eat the big old strands? Most people twirl it and stick it in their mouth. People don't eat a giant piece and let it just slurp up unless you're eating like Asian noodles. You know, that's that's they are dogs. I don't don't have have to do this in real life. It would just, and I'm pretty sure there are YouTube videos where people have attempted this. It's not a pretty picture. I don't like doing it. (laughs) I don't like doing it. So. Well, I'm also allergic to wheat and tomatoes, so Ooh, it just doesn't yeah. seem the same with zucchini noodles. Okay, no good. Note to self, don't try this with Chelsea no. next time we go to lunch. Oh, good. Yes, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a one, it's a wonderful scene. And then after that, it's... You know, we have your typical like Disney courtship that lasts about three minutes, and oh, you know yeah. that, that's how you know he or she is the mm-hmm. one. Cute Disney falling in love montage, a la Cinderella, Robin Hood, Lion King, and usually these happen at night because that's romantic. What was funny at this point? It's like, well, first off, I just want to say the art in this film just like is so beautiful, yes. and especially in this scene, I'm looking around and I just think I'm just in awe, like how. Everything is just so picturesque, perfect, and just beautiful. Beautiful is the only real word that I can conjure that like is comes close. It's just beautiful. 
Um, but then in the morning, like he starts talking to her, uh, well, you know, after the, they spend the like, night together. Scandalous. Right. Scandalous on the first date. Um, so, but in the morning he like starts saying all this stuff and like the cynical dating side of me is like triggered every time he opens his mouth. He's like, oh, we could do this. Oh, we can. I don't know. It was just something like about everything. <laughs> We're dating like, now. You just scream bro. <laughs> and you're like, wait, it was <laughs> just like, one uh... date. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good so times. anyway, that was, that was where my well, head was. Well, our little lady doesn't last long because she gets in the dog because <laughs> she dies <laughs> it, he's actually a serial killer if you listen to you know crime junkie podcast you know that's where this is going there's a there's a live action remake idea <laughs> the horror version all right all right hey that's right down your your alley right um no kidding yeah so she's in jail essentially she she has a red letter on her you know she is no longer this pristine oh, thing she goes to jail, the dog pound, and man. First thing we see is old Nutsy taking the long walk. Oh, man. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh. He keeps that dumb, goofy smile all the way up till they close the door. It's sad. <laughs> oh, no. I love the gag of the jail stripes on the inmates so just to really like paint the picture. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, that's clever. I like it. I mean. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's something. Like, gags are really big in the 30s, 40s, 50s, right? I mean, I know they do them now, but right. I feel like that could be in an old Disney cartoon. But yeah, yeah, not a bad barbershop quartet though. They really can. At the end, he's like, "All right, and a one, and a two, and a <laughs> yeah." <laughs> he's like about to go into like a one with a jazzy some, number, a little bit of energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like the uh, I like that we have kind of this menagerie of little jail jail dogs who are all different. Who are just so so unfortunate. Yeah, all different nationalities. We have like the Russian kind of like the Slavic <laughs> dog. Just and yeah. out. <laughs> The little dachshund. Yeah, how many dog breeds are in this pound? It's like every time I go to the pound or have gone to the pound, it's like 80% pit bull. Yeah, I wonder why. It's rare that you find anything that's other than a pit bull. And so it's like, I'm like looking around, I'm like, dang, you got a lot of cool breeds here. Oh, yeah. Hey, wait, it's and not pill. S- so. Yeah, and then we learn about the tramp and we hear the hill of this lantha. What a oh. dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a dog. So this is where her eyes are open to the tramp because she's kind of Twitterpated and she's had this great night with him and she really sees the tramp for like the tramp and and the qualities of him. But this is where kind of like the class structure is broken down because these... He's a player. Yeah, they they try... The the people who know him best who are from his walk of life, you know, this... We would say lower class is what they're trying to say, you know, because he's homeless essentially. And... They they let him know, like, he he's a tramp. He's not going to change. We know the real him. Like, this isn't going to work out. Like, you need to go back to wherever you came from, you know, because they really do comment on her breed and what she is and where she's from and letting her know it's, like, us versus them. Um, and this is the very first instance where yeah. she's kind of having to defend him. I mean, she doesn't really speak up, for, but you can see in her mind, like, oh, well, I didn't know that about him or this other girlfriend or, or <laughs> the, the sister. My sister, Rosita Chiquita Chihuahua. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, but the moment, every name that they give, it's like, oh, yeah, and this one, and this one. You can just see the look on yeah. her face of, like, pure disgust. And I'm like, oh, I know. I feel that, girlfriend. Yeah. I feel so that it. reminds me. <laughs> who is Trixie? 
Ed, Ro- Ed Rosita Chiquita, whatever her name is. <laughs> well, yeah, because Flip. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> when she gets back, she gets released. Like, come on, girl, you're you're too good for this place. Essentially, is what the the dog pound guy says. But right. she goes back, and they're like, "Don't mention the situation." You know, like we can't ever mention this bad thing that happened to her that she was in jail. <laughs> um, and and then we see the flip side where they're talking about him, and they're really being like, "Yeah, you're too good for him." Why were they offering matrimony? What? I don't understand. Why were they th- talking about matrimony? Oh, I never considered matrimony. Right? Like, I don't understand. Was this just because, like, she'd come of age or something? I, I guess they moved fast in dog you know, land. dogs? I don't know. Yeah, but you do <laughs> see the two juxtapositions of the, you know, the lower class and the upper class and how it's like, no, you need yeah. to stay where you belong and he needs to stay where his belong. This love that happened isn't going to be a thing, you know, and people really do try to separate them. And then we could, the breed. Man, we just move on and we get to this, get into this, like this rat situation. So yeah. can I just say how scary I thought this part of the film was when I was a little kid? I think it's just the realization. So I don't know what this rat's intentions were. They obviously were not pure. And they obviously were not good. Um, But just realizing that there were rats out there big enough to, like, harm a child was really disturbing for me. Well, yeah, that it was set out on specifically getting the child. Like, whew. Yeah, it, like, stalks through the house and, like, hunts down the child. and Like, uh, you think it would want some cheese or food, but no, it's going for the kid. (laughs) No, it wants baby flesh. It wants something else. Baby oh my flesh. gosh, this thing is a monster. <laughs> a baby? You're a monster. monster. Yeah. Um, I was always confused about this part, the whole rat thing, because once again, having grown up at a ranch, I mean, you see a lots of vermin all the ra- all around, you and none of them are actually going for the kill. Yeah. <laughs> none of them are going for the kill. But it's like, I did have cats too, so maybe that's why we didn't see them all in the house. I don't know. It was just... I was always confused, so confused as to why it was like it warranted such a that's <gasps> gonna die Maybe type of rabies. mentality, especially. <laughs> yeah, it could that's have true. rabies. It could have rat disease. It could have some other disease. Coronavirus, the plague. Who knows? Yeah, it could have the. Cor- <laughs> you meant that as a joke, right? It doesn't actually come from anyway. Yes. So anyway. Uh, and then we're we're kind of into this thing where there's a misunderstanding, and the misunderstanding is my all-time least favorite trope in animated films or like children's films is like the misunderstanding that leads to a character hating another character or a, or a character being mean to another character. But it happens. Mm-hmm. Like I think Tramp was trying to protect the baby, and something got knocked over. It was there was a misunderstanding, and now Aunt, Aunt Sarah is adamant that someone needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he did knock over Justice. the cradle, which I think is a little bit more dangerous than the rat. So it's like, all right. Yeah, those cradles aren't built like they are, weren't built like they are now. And then later on, the carriage that he's in for the, the dog catcher, like, that flips over, too. I swear that, like, everything is falling over and nobody cares that, the, like, people could have died in this. Maybe there's a uh, polar shift in the magnetic field of the Earth right when it happened and it's just everything is just off balance and nobody's <laughs> acting nobody's <laughs> acting rationally in this film anymore. Anyway, anyway someone has to die. So, And Jacques and Trusty, so they have a change of heart, don't they? They put two and two together and they have this change of heart and they actually want to go after and save him, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they do their thing, their dog thing and they like run in front of cars and, and cause accidents and stuff, but and, and and the day is saved, but not without Trusty getting injured. Man, way to way to put us on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, and of right. course, 
he's the one that gets injured, which is interesting. What, trusty? Do we just like him better? Well, that's the way they pulled our heartstrings. You know, these films, they take the, the character that's the most endearing, the most like, oh, nothing's wrong with him, and then just let's in, injure him. Let's put him in <laughs> life-threatening injuries. I always thought the scene of him sniffing around the water was so satisfying. Like, talk about ASMR. Just of him, <laughs> like, in those little water puddles, like, sniff, sniff, sniffing. But it's also very redeeming. He has his own little character arc because we're introduced that he's lost his sense of smell, which is the greatest dishonor for a dog especially a bloodhound and you know and then and jock tries to call him on it like oh come on we we both know you've lost your sense of smell and he the look that trusty gives him (laughs) and it kind of just like lights a fire in him to go and find him and like oh and he goes and finds him um but here's the thing so they you know they end up saving him and and i love that jim deer and you know, they, they return during this point. They're like, oh, no, what's happening? <laughs> my baby. My baby. My baby. <laughs> but then somehow they figure out, like, put two and two together without dogs talking that, hell, we saved the baby. So we need to save the dog because the dog's going to die. And I mean, are they really that invested with this dog that they're going to go back and save him? But whatever. But poor Trusty, he gets hurt. So that's my question. Would it have more of an impact if Trusty had died <laughs> to save the tramp? <laughs> Dang, Morgan is out for blood today. <laughs> oh, oh man. I don't think it would have been more sad. I don't think it would fit in this film. Well, not satisfying, but would have, like, the stakes have been higher. You Guys, know, because, like, he was an upper crust great. elite. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that was an evil laugh. That was not what I meant. No, I don't, we know what you meant. I, I, if I had my choice, I'd kill off Aunt Sarah, but that's just me. But uh, I don't oh, know if it would have impacted uh, anything if Trusty had died. It's, I don't know. I think it just would have made it really sad. It would have made it super duper sad because you're left at that moment, you know, as it fades to black, you think he's died, you know, as, as Josh is just sitting there and his buddy, the his pal, there. going. <laughs> That'd be the great. End. No, they should have done it like a Muppet Christmas Carol. And that's Carol. why you don't join the circus. They should do it like Muppet Christmas Carol, where they're like, and Tiny Tim, who is not dead. Uh, <laughs> anyway. uh, nah, he survives. Times. It's all fine in the end. Everyone wins. So we come full circle. More babies! Yay! Oh, and here is the and paradox of the of the Disney babies. Oh yes, where the female dogs always, or the female babies look like the female, and the male babies look like the male. But let's guys, let's be real here. We know that these babies, if someone drew, what would these babies look like in real life? They would be hideous. You know, cue the scene <laughs> from Hunchback. Yeah. A baby, a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh my gosh. It's true because, like, you, especially looking at the two, the pictures of the two dogs in the live action, like the tramp, he's not necessarily a cute dog. Like, no. so he doesn't look good. Look much. I don't know. I haven't even looked no. at this. Is there a preview I can watch? Yeah, yeah. I don't know about no. that. I mean, so what just about like scamp? a shaggy what thing, is, is or or the the other animation trope where they they like kind of form different frankenstein body parts of each right. other where it's like they'll have ladies ears but his body like i can't right, think of a movie right. on top of my head but we've all seen this where it's like well that's not right <laughs> right <laughs> you can't win uh, there you go but yeah this always gave me a false sense of reality when it came to dogs puppies so it was like what what's going on oh okay guys i know the question that you've all been wanting me to ask yes. this is is Lady and the Tramp 
a Christmas movie. The debate, uh, you know, I'm no. sparking the is is Die Hard a Christmas movie debate? Is Lady Tramp the Die Hard is... of Disney animated films? Yes. Oh, so <laughs> is it a Christmas movie? No. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, oh. are you talking about Die Hard or are you talking about Lady and the Tramp? Neither. Like, th- I don't know. There's this whole movement about like every every film that like are we that do we have that are we lacking that much content for christmas time have you ever watched hallmark to where during we have christmas to, like, pick like through like does oh. it have christmas in it okay if if die hard is a christmas movie because it, it takes place during christmas then that means toy story is a christmas movie right but i don't i don't know i don't i don't get it but we're talking about lady and the tramp have you seen the movie marathons where they shoehorn harry potter into the yeah. 25 days of christmas i'm like what? oh yeah because there's one christmas scene i guess happy christmas ron happy christmas happy harry. christmas, happy christmas uh, harry. <laughs> ron's a moron anyway um <laughs> Hermione's where it's at. Uh but mm-hmm. nah, Lady of the Tramp is not a Christmas movie. Okay. I just had to I just had to ask. I have it. spoken. This was never a movie that we watch as for Christmas. Um I think probably because it does especially at a young age like increase the desire for there to be a puppy on Christmas and oh, that was so never something all, my parents were going to do so propaganda like, nope. from the pu- the puppy mill industry, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing. So, okay, that's basically it. You know, they uh, end up together and he has married up, if you will. Oh, definitely. And then, and then, so, so it's a win-win. <laughs> and then we get, uh, we get Scamp's adventure. Oy. Oy. We'll that was maybe also... do that one day down the road, guys. After we got done, Marissa looked at me. She's like, we can watch number two now. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to. Nope. Nope. Okay, so we have not anyway. seen the Tramp remake. I'm watching the trailer right now, and it it looks a little creepy how they how they kind of do the like some of them clearly look like live action, but some of them don't. I don't know. I will not be seeing it. So anyway, um, <laughs> well, this was a good, this was a good film. Uh, let's see. I'll probably just do like three stars. I don't know. This film was never. Um, I guess to the like the eight year old, ten year old boy in me, this was never like a high priority disney film for me it was one of those where we were just like lady and the tramp oh lady and the tramp all right let's put it in you know i would at, yeah you know as a kid i probably wanted to watch other ones um you know like mulan or jungle book or freaking robin hood man we watched that so many times as kids mm-hmm. oh, but it has been so ages good. since i seen lady and the tramp and i have to admit i do not have disney plus yet <laughs> and uh oh mason i'll hook you oh, up oh yeah um but anyway i haven't had a chance to watch it in a really long time and so uh it was interesting kind of reminiscing on this from the after like having not watched it for probably like 20 years 16 years and so, I don't know, three and a half stars, I guess. Probably closer to a three than a three and a half, but three and a half. Nice. I think that this movie is a classic through and through. However, if I am going to be critical, I don't think it is more than like a three and a half star level. Because, I mean, you got the art and the nostalgia, and that like bumps it up to a four for me. Because I'm like, this is, I mean, if there's anything that you've learned from me over the hundred and so uh, episodes you know that nostalgia slash replay value are a thing and they cannot be discarded so i'm gonna stick with four four stars for me Whew, this is tough because i always watched this film and really really enjoyed it but watching it now it is very beautiful film i love the backgrounds and i love just the pace at which it tells the story it kind of meanders along and just lets you see a glimpse into these two different lives these two different classes if you will the lady life and the tramp life and how they come together and and i just think the storytelling is just really well done um it's 75 minutes 
but it doesn't feel like 75 minutes. Like it's weird. It feels short, but it feels long at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because at the pace at which it goes. And so I'm kind of debating between four and four and a half stars. And I think I'm going to do four and a half stars because I feel like it just has all of the right elements to really keep me entertained. It has the nostalgia bump, which we've talked about is a thing. And I just think that it tells a very unique story and, you know, explores interesting themes in a very fun way. And yeah, so four and a half stars. Here we go. Woohoo! A couple voicemails from some of our patrons. So uh, let's go into those. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Sol. I can't believe I'm saying this again. I'm so happy you guys are back and reviewing Lady and the Tramp, which is my one of my all-time favorite movies, actually. I think one of the most wonderful things about this movie is, if I can describe it with one word, it's charming. It's just straight out charming. The design of the house, the characters... It's just so beautiful and wholesome. But I think the most beautiful thing is the background music. You know, those old films like Peter Pan, Bambi, where each movement of every character had this like magical background noise. I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say. But it's a noise and background noise we don't see anymore at all in current films. And I feel it's so charming and magical and gives it such a special touch to those Disney classics that I hope we could see more every day. Also, I think this film should be considered as a Christmas movie. I know it's only one scene in the beginning, but it's just the overall feeling of it is just so wholesome and cute that I think it could, it should definitely be considered also a Christmas movie. So thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hi, Rotoscopers. It's Bethany. I am calling in my review of Lady and the Tramp. Let me just say, this is one of my favorite Disney movies. It is one that all three of my children have watched on loop for the last few years. And let me say, watching it every day is not really that painful. Having it on in the background, the score is lovely. And I love this movie. It has a special place in my heart just because I grew up with a blonde Cocker Spaniel that looked just like Lady. And so there's a certain level of like personal nostalgia for this. Um, Another reason I love it, I think the music is great. I am a person who sings, and Peggy Lee and I have a very similar range. So He's a Tramp is usually my warm-up song whenever I'm getting ready to sing. Uh, I also love this movie because it's just visually gorgeous. I mean, the backgrounds of this, the kind of early 20th century nostalgia that's going on is just really lovely. And I know some people hate on this movie a little bit because they feel like the story is weak or that nothing really happens. And I mean, compared to some other Disney movies out there, I would say like it's not as strong a story or as tight a story as we see in other films. But I think there's something to be said for a movie and a film that's just a little quieter, a film that's just a little calmer, it's going to take its time a little bit and just be an enjoyable and sweet ride. So I also am a firm believer in about with this movie of do not get dogs before you have kids. <laughs> Every I've seen so many of my friends, they get a dog and then they have a baby and then now the dog is a huge problem. And every time I'm like, Lady and the Tramp was right. 
Hey, Morgan Mason and Chelsea. This is AJ Howell, and I'm just calling to say that I'm happy to see that the podcast is going again. I'm excited to hear what's coming up in the future and to hear what your guys' thoughts are on whatever films you decide to cover. I just wanted to give you guys my thoughts on Lady and the Tramp. I kind of feel like it's one of Disney's really big, epic movies that they made like in the wake of Cinderella after that was a big success. They realized that, hey, we have this money to make these really lush animated films now. Let's really go all out. And I think while Sleeping Beauty was a really big one, Lady and the Shrimp is kind of the trial run for that, and that's pretty beautiful on its own <laughs> on its own right. Um, just with the size of the frame and the beautiful color work and the detail in the world, it's it's just amazing. I'm really excited to see that you guys are, co- are covering it. I'm excited to hear what you guys had to say about it. And, yeah, once again, I'm really excited to see that you guys are getting back into the podcast game. I'm looking forward to see what's coming what's coming up in the future. So I will talk to you all later. Bye. Guys, thanks you so much for those voicemails. Okay, so if you want to leave a voicemail, head on over to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or you can call 406-646-6575. And for show notes, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash 176. Make sure to comment and leave your reviews, thoughts, and opinions. We always check in there and, and read them, so we love hearing it. And then you can also, if you're on Twitter, you can use the hashtag animationaddicts. Or Animation Addicts 176 to uh, talk about this specific episode. And on Instagram, use hashtag Animation Addicts and share your story, uh, screenshot, make sure to do all the fun things, letting people know, spread the word. Make sure to tag us on Instagram because we will repost you if you say that you're listening to us. Woo! And then also you can check us out all individually. Uh, Morgan Straddling on all the things. Chelsea Robson on all the things. And you can also check out Mason at mason at rotoscopers.com he just has an email but everybody else has stuff so also my business is i actually write custom songs if you have any type of special occasion coming up and you need a bomb gift then you need to check out songs by chelsea.com because i write songs for anniversaries proposals weddings basically anything you'll see a lot of my the a lot of the different songs i've written for corporate events as well it's great so check that out and all Rotoscopers fans, if you make a, an appointment and talk to me about it, and let me know. I will give you 25% off all of my music Ooh. packages, which is like, in some cases, uh, a lot of money. So <laughs> give me, let me know. Go to, go to Chelsea, songsbychelsea.com. Thanks. All right, guys. And I want to give one more shout out for the Rotoscopers patron program. Thank you to all of the patrons who have already signed up and joined and the patrons who've been patrons since the beginning. We really do appreciate it. And this is one way to keep the show going in addition to giving you guys so much extra bonus, amazing content. Rotoscopers.com slash patron to check it out and join the club. And of course, thank you to everyone who has been still supporting the show using our Amazon affiliate link. You can go to rotoscopers.com slash Amazon and start your Amazon shopping for all of your special occasions. Use that and we get a little kickback and we it doesn't cost you anything and it really does help keep the show going. We appreciate it. And then of course, the easiest, the most free way that you can support the show is by leaving us a five-star review. So that way other people can see, wow, this is a really great show. It's highly rated and it really does help in the rankings. Our goal is to get to 500 
100 reviews on and doesn't have to be the written reviews you literally all you have to do is click and click the number of stars and that counts so it's so super easy so just go and do that rotoscopers.com slash review that will take you right to the page we want to hit our goal 500 guys can you do it yes we can yeah so let's go so thank you guys so much for your support over the years we're really excited to be back and with that our next film that we'll be reviewing it's going to be the little mermaid 2 return to the sea yes you heard us right say it chelsea say the iconic line from the trailer that you heard all the time sometimes i pretend i have fins Yes, we are doing it. We are doing one of those Disney direct-to-video sequels that people love to hate on oh so much. And I think this is going to be so, so fun. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you've unsubscribed over the years, subscribe back, guys. We're back. We're real. You don't want to miss out when our next episode comes, especially if we ever decide to do bonus episodes. You only will find out about those if you subscribe. So another reason to subscribe for good vibes. And with that, until next time. We are the Rotoscopers. Ruder, Ruder, Rudyard, how do you say his name? Rudyard? Oh. Rudyard. Yeah. Rudyard Clip Kipling. It's actually Rudyard Clip. Rudyard. Rudyard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I should say if there's one in your area, because if there's not one in their area, it just like skips it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But first, a this word program from our... is not available in your audio air- listening area. <laughs> I, I hate that song. Uh, yeah, that's. But first, a word from our sponsors. If there's one in your area, if not, we'll literally be right back. And director for Clyde. Whoa, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hang on a second. I'm not pre- not prepared for this last name. Okay, Clyde Jared. <laughs> directors. <laughs> directors for Clyde. Um, and I forgot what I was going to say, so forget what I just said. What kind of mushrooms are they using on that pizza? Okay. What's our title? Okay, what is our we title? did the thing. I like, what a, what whiz a whiz kill. kill. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, let's do that. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay.